Welcome in. How's it going tonight, Nathan? Great to see you, man. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Well, everybody, we got a good crowd watching so far. 15 is not too bad from the start. Um, I had some people expressing interest, man, because I know in the alt sports or alt football community, slam ball is pretty popular. So appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Looking to, uh, forward to sharing a little bit about it. So we have Nathan Carson's here. Um, he was a former tight end and long snapper at Western Illinois University. A uh, pretty successful career there. A uh, pretty athletic guy. Uh, but here recently, as as of this year, you were playing for the Slam Ball Slashers as a stopper. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Everything correct. Good deal. I had to really work on those details. I had to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yes, sir. I know those are two completely different sports, but man... You have to be athletic to play slam ball. There is no way around it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Being a tight end, man, you're a pretty big dude, 6'5", 250. I mean, that that's good size. Do you feel like you were a larger uh, slam ball athlete compared to others? I mean, I definitely was uh, larger than everyone else weight-wise. Um, everyone else in the league, I would say, was average, like my height. You know, you, you wouldn't see anybody really much taller um, just because of the trampolines, and I think if you were a little bit bigger, your joints would take a little bit more of a beating. And so I think six, five, six, six was kind of the, the max for, you know, height at least, but I definitely was one of the heavier guys. Um, you know, most of the guys were probably a little over 200 210, 220 pounds. And so I definitely was, I had a little bit more weight than everybody else, which was nice. Understood. Now we'll talk more about your slam ball career in itself um, here in a minute, but I really wanted to highlight football since this is a football show, you know, yep. Um, I find that doing this show, I really like to give people like yourself a platform, a voice to speak, get some eyes on you. Uh, I know you are hoping to return to the football field in the future. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, very much so. Understood. So let's get let's talk a little bit about football and then we'll get back to the slam ball topic. Um, just want to ask you, man, tell me more about your background, where you come from, where are you in, where are you calling in from tonight? So um, I'm calling in from Macomb, Illinois, uh, where Western Illinois is based out of, I still have uh, one more year of grad school. And so I'm working through that. Uh, been working on that since I think my first semester of grad school was the summer before, um, my, my final season. And so about a year ago. And so I'm finishing up my second year with that, um, but other than that, I'm from a really small town in Iowa. Ackley, Iowa is the name of it. Um, if anyone's familiar with Iowa, it's it's along Highway 20. It's about, you know, 30, 30 minutes uh, west of Cedar Falls, Waterloo. So kind of where you and I is located. Um, so it really kind of is in the middle of nowhere. Um, with, with sports growing up, both my parents were coaches and both my uh, older siblings played sports, um, especially my older brother who played sports and uh, played football in college. And so uh, as, at a young age, I can remember going to college football games, going to his high school football games and just being, you know, dumbfounded and how awesome and fun it looked to be out there. And so I think deep down, I knew that college football was where I was going to be heading at some point. I, I don't think I knew it uh, really uh, on the surface level. I don't think I knew it, but I think deep down, I kind of, ever since I was a young age, I realized that was kind of what I wanted to do and what the trajectory of my life was going to go. Um, growing up middle school, I, I really took the basketball to heart, the basketball kick to heart. You know, I was, I was a little bit taller than everybody else. Um, junior high, I was probably around six, two around my eighth grade year. And so that's, you know, it's relatively tall for an eighth grader. And then 
going into my freshman year, I was closer to six, four, and then I kind of rounded out to six, five, uh, you know, the next couple of years, but basketball is huge. Um, in my life, I think that's kind of how my transition to slam ball was kind of was pretty successful because I had that basketball skill and background, but, um, I, I played all four sports in high school. Um, wow. I, in, in Iowa, you can, they play baseball in the summer. That's a, that's a kind of a big thing that's different from Illinois. I know a lot of my friends in Illinois, they kind of squint at me like, oh, you, you dual sported at, you know, in, at some time. And I said, no, in, in Iowa, we play, you know, football in the fall, basketball in the winter, track and field in the spring, and then baseball in the summer. And so wow. It, it gives us. It's yeah. a busy year, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it, it kind of gives us that ability to play all four sports. But yeah, like you said, you know, each sport is either overlapped by a week or you have maybe a week break between between sports. But I think that that was kind of what I liked. And I like to be stay busy and coming from a small town it was you know, there's not like there was much else to do anyway. And so uh, being involved, whether it was I only played baseball my junior and senior year, but um, my previous years in the summer i was playing au basketball and so that you know either way uh i was i was doing something year round whether it be you know obviously organized sports with my high school or it was au in the summer and so that was that was relatively my high school experience uh regarding like accolades i was an all-state discus or i i got i was state champion in discus when i was in high school i uh, got runner-up in discus my junior year and then i got third place in shot put my senior year and so that was that for track and then basketball. I think my senior year, I was like second team all state 1A, which is the smallest um, or like the lowest level. And then I had other, you know, all conference honors in basketball. I scored close to 1300 points. I think I scored 1,299. So I was one point wow. off 13, 1300, uh, had close to 800 or maybe even 900 rebounds in my high school career as well. And then with football, which is, you know, kind of really strange. Uh, I was an All-State football player, but I was an All-State punter twice or three hmm. times, I think. Um, they were with different, you know, different, I like the Iowa Newspaper Association, and then one was the Des Moines Understood. Register. But whenever I got an All-State honor for football, it was because I was a punter. It wasn't because of I was, you know, a great quarterback or, you know, great tight end or a great defense player. It was because I was a good punter. And so that's that's kind of a funny kind of accolade i get to say you know i was an all-state player but at the same time i was an all-state punter and so you know whether that has as much weight or merit you know that's kind of up for you to decide understood understood so coming out of school i mean seeing as your parents were coaches i was a coach at one time i mean you must have really had sports instilled in your in your veins there i mean yeah, i feel like yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely so. absolutely um i can remember you know, if, if after school, I would obviously come back because they were both teachers as well. And so I would come back to their room, whether they were, you know, teaching in the elementary or middle school or high school. Um, I would go back to their room and more than likely they wouldn't be there. They would be out at practice, you know, coaching. And so if I wasn't just playing in my parents' room, you know, after school, I would be sitting around at the basketball. I remember my dad was a high school girls basketball coach. And so from, you know, like I said, as, as young as I can remember, I can remember just kind of shooting hoops on the side basket. And, you know, all the girls thought I was a really cute kid. And I think, you know, <laughs> I think I think I grew out of that cuteness relatively quickly uh, as I hit puberty. I'm sure some people will say that as well. But, you know, that, that was a plus, you know, girl, high school girls come up to me. Oh, you're such a cute little, you know, that was that was good with me. And so, you know, maybe I did that because of the girls. Maybe I just like being around sports. But yeah, like you said, both my parents kind of that athletic 
gene was instilled into me not only you know as a coach but you know as they were both felt uh, respectively uh, good athletes as well in their day so it was kind of something that was just a family you know thing in my family it's teaching and sports are kind of the two staples uh, all my older all my told my parents are teachers my older brother's a teacher my older sister's a teacher and then they all were you know involved in sports as well and so that's kind of the two staples i guess you could say of my family understood much respect to your parents i know i was a yeah. teacher and a coach for quite a while in my opinion um yep. and, and it's it's a tough gig man oh, so yeah. much respect to them and then much respect to them for raising you correctly you know and, yeah. and, and putting that in you because i mean yep. a lot of a lot of the people that have these failed lives or, or aren't doing very well i mean they don't have those qualities they don't have that background they don't have you know it so i, I get it and mm-hmm. When you're living in a small town, especially, you need that because yeah, it, it's real absolutely. easy to get in trouble or do something you're not yeah, supposed to. Yep. Oh, so. yeah. I, I know that too well. Understood. Yep. So getting to know more about you, that's awesome, dude. I, I didn't realize that you had that big of athletic background, but it does make sense seeing as you're playing slam ball now and, and just play yeah, football yep. in 2022, you know. So mm-hmm. can I ask you? Before we move on, in terms of the slam ball, are you still on the slam ball team currently on the roster? Uh, I, you know, that, that's kind of some gray area right now. Um, Understood. I know, I know they had mentioned that, uh, you know, they'd see me again next summer. And so they're, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back again next summer. So like, that's, that's for sure a thing. Cool. Um, whether the teams are going to be the same, you know, whether the format's going to be the same, that's kind of up in the air right now, but I do know for sure that I'll be back next summer. Um, cool. and I'll, I'll be playing for slam ball at least, whether it's for the slashers or another team or, you know, whatever it may be, but. I think for sure I'll be back next summer. So that's, that's all I really know for sure right now. I understand. I, I just had to ask. I didn't want to like imply or say things yeah. that, you yeah. know, and to make it sound like you are and then people watching thinking you are and you aren't. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's why I asked for sure. And we'll get, like I said, we'll get back on the actual slam ball, but I had to ask that question quickly. Um, so that's your background. What, tell me what, describe your time playing like tight end long snapper at Western Illinois. I mean, I'm going to play a clip in the background while you talk. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, no, that was, that was first and foremost, I, I thank Western for allowing me to come play football there and being able to do so for six years. You know, not a lot of people can say one, they played college football for six years and two being be able to do it all at the same place, especially nowadays, you know, a lot of guys are play somewhere for, a year or two and they, you know, they move on to somewhere else or transfer just so they can play more. But I felt like Western was a home since, you know, day one. Um, so getting recruited to play there was, it was late in my senior year. It was after my senior year of football. It was during my senior year of basketball. They kind of called me one night and they talked to me about coming to visits and coming to visit me in basketball practice and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I took some visits there and it, it was a small town. You know, I, I felt very comfortable there. Uh, coming from a smaller town in Iowa. And so I felt, and the coaches all seemed to care a lot, not only about me as a player, but me as a person and just, you know, showed those aspects to me. So that could, that's what kind of brought me to Western. Um, when, it, uh, when I first got to Western in 2017, they're, they're a really good team. Um, they had a lot of depth in the tight end position. They used a lot of tight ends in a lot of different way. And so while I was a little discouraged not being able to play that first initial year, I knew that, you know, my, my work is going to be cut out for me and the fact that they were going to use tight ends um, and they're going to use them a lot. And, and that's, that's kind of how my career progressed. Uh, my first couple of years at Western were probably a little bit less, uh, a little bit, you know, not as successful as maybe I wanted them to be. 
um, especially the tight end position, you know, and what I'd seen my true freshman year, I saw tight ends making a lot of plays, playing a lot of snaps. And so, you know, I was a little discouraged that first couple of years. And I think a big part of it too, was that transition from one, a football where I was always bigger. I was, you know, somewhat faster than everybody else. I was, I weighed more than everybody else. I kind of could just bully everyone yep. coming to the Missouri Valley conference, which is, you know, one of the best conferences in college football, you know, at least the best in uh, the FCS. And so, you know, the physicality that it took to play at that level, especially the tight end playing in the trenches against, you know, all American defensive linemen week in and week out. That was something I kind of had to learn the hard way. And it, it kind of <laughs> took me a little bit longer to develop into that kind of skill set. But um, no, I th I, th I know I think everything happened for a reason. And I, I developed into the player that I was the last couple of years. Obviously, with the COVID season, playing six games, um, I think in 2020 or early, you know, 2021, that was um, that was definitely an experience. You know, being a college athlete during COVID is, um, I'm sure people will be talking about that for a long time. But yep. especially in the Missouri Valley, where we played our you know spring season and then turned around and played our fall season, um, you know, I was I was relatively happy with how the spring season went. Um, was really looking forward to the fall season, you know, as a tight end, I didn't play up to my ability. I feel like that next fall season, 2021. And, um, and then obviously with the coaching change after that, and then coming into my final year, 2022, um, I kind of wrestled with that decision of whether or not to stay or whether or not to transfer out. Um, cause with a new coach, especially being my last year, I wanted to make sure it was good. And, you know, I just knew deep down that staying at Western was my best opportunity, my best choice. And, you know, I think it ended up well, going well for me. Um, so at, at tight end, that was that was a big that was a big kind of, you know, that's that's how my career progressed. I felt like I feel like I could have made a much more impact earlier if I had learned just simple things and kind of had realized what it took just, you know, work ethic wise. But the last couple of years, I feel like I did. The best that I could uh, with the opportunities I was given, obviously. And then with Long Snapper, that's a little bit of a different story. Um, I think it was around, maybe it was the year before the COVID season. And so it might have been fall of 2019, or maybe it was spring of 2020. Um, it was one of the two. We were out at, you know, spring practice and we had just graduated a Long Snapper who, you know, was really good. And we didn't really have a new transfer Long Snapper coming in yet, at least for the spring um practices in the spring semester and so the coaches were just like okay has anyone ever long snapped before and me never having long snapped before i had been an all-state punter and so but i remember going to some camp when i was 10 years old and they took five minutes and be like hey this is how you snap you know <laughs> like it was just randomly they did it at a camp one time and i was like well i've i've done it before you know obviously not implying how much or how well I'd done it before. They're like, okay, you can give it a shot. And so I, I ended up being not, not terrible at it. And so I did it for majority of that, you know, I was a scout team kind of long snapper for that spring season. And then the next year or two, um, we had another tight end, an older tight end at that point who kind of said the same thing and kind of had actually done it before. And so he was the guy, um, my, you know, second and third to last year. Um, before my senior year my senior year was the only year that i or my final year my graduate year whatever you want to call it was the only year that i actually was the long snapper uh, the starting long snapper understood um and so that you know a lot i think that 
that was a little bit tricky. I think a big part of that was because the new coaching staff came in and our special teams coordinator was the tight ends coach. And so he very early on was like, Oh, like who, like he didn't really even know who had snapped before. I think he might've seen some of my, you know, practice snaps, I guess, because I wasn't really getting any game snaps. And he was like, yeah, you know, you got potential. Let's continue to work at it. And I took a really big leap. I feel like once that new coaching staff came in that spring and into the fall, um, just not necessarily with my technique, but just confidence with long snapping, especially at tight end. It kind of carried over to tight end as well. But I think that was big for my t- uh, my confidence, being able to know that I was going to be out there, you know, for at least punt. And then, you know, I did kick return and other kind of special teams, but kind of the, I, I allowed that long snapping and tight end to kind of piggyback off each other, you know, having a good snap, having a good cover rep, have a good tackle even. Um, I, which I had, I hadn't tackled live in five or six years. Uh, obviously I played both ways in high school, but I hadn't like really tackled a person at the collegiate level yet. And so that was kind of a, you know, trial by fire and it ended up going really well. I think I led the team in special teams tackles. Awesome. Um, I think I, I had around six. And so, you know, and our, our punt coverage team was also one of the best in the nation. I, I think what I can remember, we only averaged, you know, a couple yards, if that maybe even negative yards on returns. And so I think a big part of that was one, I, I had a relatively quick get off for my snaps and kind of release. And I think a lot of people just didn't want maybe even not respect me as much as a long snapper. They're like, Oh, it's just, you know, it's a tight end. He played before, you know, he's relatively athletic, but we're not going to worry about covering him. And no one really ever did cover me. And so <laughs> if I, if I didn't make the tackle initially, I was going to push a guy to the, you know, this, the boundary or the sideline and, you know, my other guys were going to make that tackle. And I think that's kind of was a big part of why our cover unit was such a good, you know, had such a good dynamic is because one people just let me go free. And if I didn't make the tackle initially, I was going to push it to one of my teammates. And so that was, you know, that's kind of both my, my tight end career and long snapping, you know, both of them. Um, and it's some, both, you know, even my whole entire athletic career up to this point, it feels like a lot of it's just kind of last minute decisions that are made and they go really well. And so that was kind of how it was with going to Western, you know, obviously playing tight end a little bit, kind of just pushing me in my third, my second, third year, you know, doing relatively well that spring season. And then same thing with long, you know, long snapping going in, not really having any game experience in high school or college at long snapping, but they trusted me enough to go and do it and it ended up going really well. And so for whatever reason, that kind of just how my athletic uh, trajectory has, has gone. So that that's that's both you know and me as a tight end and me as a long snapper at Western Illinois. Understood. Now, if you could go back to one right now, would it be long snapping or tight end? If you had to choose, I think I think right now it would definitely be tight end. Um, just you know, not to say that I don't respect the position of long snapper, but if I have the skills and if I have the ability to play tight end, that's what I would choose to do. Just Agreed. because it seems, you know, not to say it seems more important, but it just seems like there's a little bit more dynamic to it. I feel like it would suit my athletic ability better, you know, being able to run, hit people, catch, all that kind of things. I feel like that's, you know, that uses my skill set or utilizes my skill set so much more than um, if I was just a long snapper. But then at the end of the day, if long snapping is my only opportunity, I'm going to take that as well. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm only looking to play tight end right now. I'm definitely looking to do both. Um, that's kind of what my goal, you know, if I can do both at the XFL or USFL level, that'd be awesome because, you know, not, it isn't necessarily the NFL um, yet, you know, it's kind of that skill, that skill set. It's kind of, kind of that developmental league, I guess yes, sir. is what a lot of people are calling it. And so, 
Um, if I can do both, that'd be awesome. If I can only do, I feel like if I do one and only one, it'd be long snapper. But if I go somewhere to play tight end, I feel like I'm at least going to be a backup long snapper or I'm going to, you know, do both um, because I do have that skill set. And I feel like, you know, with limited rosters in football, you yeah. know, with that, you know, the roster count coming into play, <clears throat> if I make that position as a tight end, I feel like at least I'll be a backup, if not, you know, having me do some some stuff at long snapper. So, yeah, you're correct about that assumption. Just from talking to like the arena guys I've talked to. Having that extra skill set goes a long way and makes yeah. you a lot more valuable as a player. Yep. And so you're you're totally correct. And the the motivation is to play, whether it's yeah. tight end or that. So I see yeah. I see what you're wanting here. I mean, absolutely. So that's awesome, dude. Your work ethic is evident. I mean, and you said that you came from a small town going to a college. Uh, I definitely can attest with you on that, and I have experience with that. Yeah because I played in the small school. I was all state as well. Uh, I was a offensive guard. I mean, okay. in high school, I think I was 5'10", 260. I mean, okay. nothing, nothing special. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. But you know, you go to check out some college stuff and it's a whole nother yeah. world of athleticism. Absolutely. You Absolutely. don't even understand coming from the area. I didn't until I actually put a face on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, you worked your way up, dude. And that's what coaches want. They don't want somebody that's just going to be a, a spooled brat. They want someone yeah. that's going to work. Yep. And that, yeah, that's exactly that. what you just said. So that's awesome, bro. I guess we'll move on from football. I mean, I'll ask you another couple questions towards the end about football. Yeah. But yep. considering your ball, your sport right now is slam ball, I really want to cover that. Uh, we've got some people here that are wanting to hear about it. So let's roll on to the slam ball game. Um, tell me this. If you had to explain slam ball to someone, how would you explain it best? I mean, tell us more about the game and, and just yeah. a basic overview of how it works. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a combination of hockey. Um, you know, imagine you go to a hockey game. Okay. So the arena, the people around you, the excitement, the people banging on the glass, that's, that's the first aspect of slam ball. And so the arena the kind of environment in the room is going to be hockey um, with the glass. There's glass all the way around the, the entire you know time place, people slapping on the glass. So that's a big hockey part of the game. Um, football comes in aspect when it comes to, you know, the physicality of it. I think the, you know, the rules in slam ball are when you're on the hardwood, when you're dribbling, when, you know, you're doing anything on the wooded area, you know, it's, football rules you can you know tackle them you can hit them as hard as you can shoulder you know uh we're padded up pretty decently you know it's not like you know we're not wearing full pads or anything but you know we're padded up somewhat and so that physicality is definitely where that football aspect comes into play where guys just you know fully just dive into the shoulder of someone hitting them into the wall so that's kind of where that hockey so it's the physicality is that hockey football mixture as well you know checking guys um that kind of thing that's where that football hockey physicality comes into play but then skills um even in the trampolines the trampolines is kind of even separate as well but the skill everything the sport that you're watching is basketball and so everything to do with the basketball you know ball handling you know um shot making passing that's all basketball skill and so a lot of the guys were you know semi-pro basketball players um there were a handful of football guys like me who had a large amount of basketball skill 
and then you know there was even some guys who were you know track athletes because they were um just really good at jumping and so that's where that bat the basketball is just that's where the skill aspect of the game is you know being able to read a guy being able to play defense all that's basketball and then the trampolines are just it's whole you know just a whole another beast a whole another you know not even really i can compare it to anything else the trampolines are all olympic um olympic level trampolines and so if you were to watch the olympics you were watch gymnastics and the trampoline event and gymnastics that's what the same trampolines that we're using and so that takes a while to learn the skill set of that no one necessarily has that going into it you know obviously all the guys are very athletic obviously all the guys have sport experience but at the same time no one really has that basketball or you know maybe there is a gene where you know how to control your body well enough you know maybe that's a basketball thing maybe it's a football thing maybe it's just you know general athleticism um all around but the trampoline is the biggest part in which i think a lot of people don't really think of they just see the people flying in the air but that's the <laughs> biggest and most difficult part to kind of get your mind around you know not being afraid of being 15 20 feet in the air and then not knowing if you're going to land on your feet land on your back you know how to land safely like that's just a whole different aspect of the game but um from the consumer side you know it's just the physicality of hockey and football the arena of hockey but then all the skill sets and all the all the things you love about basketball as well so that'd be the best way i could you know kind of describe it makes sense totally and it, it you have more insight on it than i ever could honestly yeah i mean yep. if someone asks me i'm talking we're playing basketball and trampolines you know that's that's relatively an easy way to you know that they're not you're not wrong either you know it, it is basketball and trampolines but i think what that doesn't highlight is the physicality of it because agreed you know, people are going to try to take your head off and especially colliding in the air you know i don't think after my games it, it obviously it honestly felt like when we did play back to back you know after that back to back game it did feel like i played a football game just because there was so much contact over that you know however many minutes we were out there and so the physicality is definitely there you might not feel it initially but you know you definitely have that similar feeling of wow i just played a very much contact sport so i mean you're throwing your body weight around there man i mean you that's a lot of gravity going up and down yeah you gotta yeah. feel that no way around it and you talked about you wearing pads are you wearing just like some small shoulder pads also or is it just a helmet um, and like elbow it's pads? more but... it's more of like an undershirt um like you would wear under pads and so okay. like you know like when i was in high school i wore like the you know the quarterback shirt yep. where it was padded on the shoulders and ribs it's very similar to that um, the pads are maybe a little thicker just, you know, obviously, cause we're not wearing anything at top of that. Um, you see a lot of guys, you know, we wear our uniform, we wear our tops, we wear our bottoms, but then under the tops, everyone's kind of wearing the same protective shirt, padded shirt. And then those helmets as well. Um, every team had a different color helmet, but they're all just soft padding as well. Um, that was more of a safety issue. I don't think a lot of guys hit their head very often. You know, I think that's just to make sure that no one really hurts themselves too bad. Um, yeah. and then, you know, like any extra padding you wanted to wear, like I knew some guys wore girdles, some guys wore, um, you know, knee pads, you know, we all had knee braces and knee pads. We all had ankle braces, that whole kind of thing. So that was definitely a part of, um, the game as well. Just knowing the toll it was going to take on your joints over time, because, you know, while it does look cool and you are, you know, 20, 20 feet in the air, 15 feet in the air, you're still making contact. You're still going to land awkwardly sometimes. And so. Um, being protected at least the you know the lower body joints that was that was a big part of it too as well 
Yes, sir. I can't imagine, sir. Much respect to you. I'm not even jumping on the trampoline at all at this point in my life. So yeah, yeah much yeah. respect to you. I'm, I feel like I'll break a bone just jumping up and down on the thing. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, let's skip around a little bit. I got more questions for you, but since you're already talking about it, I mean, tell me what is the biggest differences in playing slam ball compared to football in your opinion? Um, I think initially it was just the conditioning level. Um, I hadn't played basketball in, you know, six, seven years up to that point. Uh, you know, I had been training for football, but you know, my level of training was, you know, doing sprints, uh, recovering, you know, one, two minutes in between my sprints because I was trying to be as fast as I could. I wasn't trying to, you know, run sprints consecutively or try to run a mile in a certain amount of time. You know, I was trying to be as explosive as I could be. Yes, and sir. being, having that endurance level and then being explosive, those aren't necessarily the, you know, you can't really train those at the same time. They kind of, one has to come before the other or one has to come, you know, following the other. And so um, with the comparisons, you know, the physicality is definitely there. Um, you definitely feel the physicality, you know, maybe it's not as much hits, hits to your head. You know, that's a big, you know, football, obviously you're playing with your head, you're playing with the helmets, you know, you don't really feel that as much. Um, it's a lot more, you know, arms, legs. I think a big part of it is legs, you know, unless you're running the ball, unless you, you know, I caught a lot of passes or I was getting tackled a bunch, you know, my legs weren't really getting taxed reg like regarding hits, but I felt like in slam ball, dudes were going to be landing on you. Dudes were going to be hitting you in the legs, you know, in midair, you know, sometimes you beat a guy. And so he's, you know, way below you. And so he might hit your leg with his hand, you know, coming across, just trying to the, make a basket. And so the, the bruises, I feel like on the lower extremities was a big part bruises on just your body in general um, was definitely a, a big uh, difference. I feel like with slam ball, but um, and obviously the conditioning level was a very much different as well as slam ball. I, I kind of had to transition relatively quick with my conditioning. I kind of, I kind of came into the whole slam ball thing very late. Um, I had only, I kind of showed up with about two weeks, two to three weeks left of the training before the even season started. A lot of the guys had been there for like a month and a half. Gotcha. And so even if they had not already been in their, like the correct shape, um, I feel like they just had a lot more time to adjust because the trampoline, like I said, the trampolines, you know, jumping, going from trampoline to hardwood and back and back and forth, back and forth. Like that's its whole other level of conditioning. There's no, no amount of running, no amount of, you know, doing any kind of cardio machine or anything like that is going to kind of get you in shape for being able to jump on a trampoline and be explosive there, land on a hardwood and not fall over and then being able to run up and down the court. I was lucky enough at stopper where I didn't have to do a lot of up and down moving on the court. You know, I would come up and play a little offense, whether it be distributing or shooting. But um, I think I was lucky in that aspect of, you know, kind of being able to hide my conditioning level. But, you know, going into next year, that's going to be a big thing I need to focus on, just making sure I'm good to go um, conditioning wise, because that, that was a huge aspect for me. Um, I feel like I, where it did help me, though, was that uh, physicality aspect. A lot of the guys were a little bit were a little bit thinner well maybe weren't as used to much contact as i was and so that was something i really enjoyed being able to kind of hit people again um especially with you know the, my body mass that i had being in the air you know even no matter how hard they were coming at me i kind of could help hold my ground yep. to a certain extent and so that that was that was that was something that i enjoyed and kind of had an advantage in and that's why i think i excelled um a lot at stopper because i was a little bit more physical um 
you know, I, I had a little bit more skill maybe in regarding to hand placement, you know, playing tight end, you know, battling with hands with the defensive linemen, you know, that's not really something that a basketball player I feel like does that often. Um, you know, they might, you know, use their body to protect themselves from a shot, but they're not using their hands to get other people's hands off them or away yep. from them. Yep. And so I feel like that was a big thing that also carried over from slam ball to football. But, you know, I, yes, it's physical. I think that's the only really thing that they were, you know, and that kind of competitive aspect to it, that's was definitely how they were similar, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're very different and kind of how just everything goes, goes about. And I feel like being able to adapt to it was a big part of it as well, but, you know, yes, they're similar in physicality, but they definitely have a lot of, you know, big differences that, you know, I kind of, I was lucky to have skill sets in. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could tell you had to have some athleticism. Cause I mean, I'm not saying this as a professional, but I yeah. do not know if a big heavy set tight end could come in and be successful in this sport. Like you have, it, it seems like you have to be able to redirect and do things yeah. and yeah. think offhand. It, it, and much like football, football is much more of a team sport. I feel like, yeah, uh, yep. this Absolutely. is almost like basketball where, you know, you got a lot of individual skill that has to shine through for your team yeah. to be able to, to compete. So yep. I could definitely see what you're saying. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this as a stopper. What exactly was your job? Like, what did you do in, in terms of gameplay? Yeah. So at the stopper position, I'm essentially like a goalie would be um, in hockey. You know, I'm kind of majority of the time I'm going to be underneath the hoop, behind the hoop, um, depending on the team, depending on the offense, some stoppers would come into the offense, just add another body because it is four on four. And so, you know, if a stopper wasn't involved in the offense, then it would be three on three on the outside, but then the defensive stopper would have, you know, they, they wouldn't have to account for that extra person. And so I feel like with our offense, having that stopper up and at least being somewhat of a threat, um, put a lot more pressure on the defense because they couldn't guard everybody on the perimeter. Um, the stopper had to may, maybe be more involved defensively, making sure that passing lanes weren't as uh, necessarily as open as they were. But um, at my, you know, as as I started, I very much was hoping just to kind of stay in the stopper's box and not have to go out because I knew that conditioning factor was going to be a large component. Because even in practice, you know, jumping up and down for a couple hours on the trampoline, not even having to get out and run and that kind of thing, just staying in the trampoline is taxing in itself. And so um, I, I really wanted to kind of just stay in my own lane. I knew I could be physical. I knew I could block shots. I knew I could get vertical in the trampoline. And that's kind of what I had only focused on. And then, you know, later in the year, I was like, okay, I feel confident doing this. Now I'm going to go out, take a couple shots. I don't think my coaches even knew that I could shoot. Um, they were very much surprised when I started making four pointers um and shooting a lot and i ended up leading the league in four pointers which is a crazy thing <laughs> to even think awesome, about dude you know I, I i don't i don't know for sure if um four pointers were a thing in slam ball before this year but if they weren't and i led the league that means you know i have the most four pointers in the history of slam ball and so like to say that is just a crazy you know that's not something that i can even comprehend you know to say i have the most four point shots made in slam ball, you know, maybe even in other basketball, I, I don't know how much four pointers are even that much of a thing. And, you know, in other sports, I know they have them in like all-star games and celebrity games and that thing, but I don't think many people have made upwards of six. Um, the history so, books, man, you're making yeah, exa them. Exactly. And so, but you know, as I stopper in general, 
um, you know, your, your job is to protect the rim. And so um, as you can kind of see in the clips, there's four trampolines, there's three on the outside. Those are all the same side, but then the stoppers box or the stoppers trampoline, um, that one's just a little bit bigger. Um, it's a little bit longer, it's a little bit wider, um, just because it, you know, gives the stopper when it one, it gives a stopper just more room to work with. And I think it also gives the stopper a disadvantage in the fact of it allows more offensive opportunities. Cause even looking here, you can see the, the top one is a lot smaller than the bottom one. Yep. Like those, those boxes are the same size on the tramps. And so you can see there's a lot more room on the outside of those boxes. Yep. Um, and so the stopper, you know, the stop that, that rectangle in the middle with the plus sign, that's where the stopper can legally be. Gotcha. That's, you know, he can't necessarily be outside that while someone else is in the trampoline. You know, obviously I can jump in wherever I want if no one else is in the trampoline, but that's kind of where I, you know, say, you know, in basketball, if someone goes straight up, that's what, you know, they're, that's what slam ball is the you know equivalent to. You have to stay in that box. You have to be staying vertical. You can't drift into somebody, you know, say I jump in and I just completely just ram the guy straight into him. Like they're going to call some kind of penalty um, gotcha. on me for that. And so, you know, there are rules. I, you know, kind of have to stay within my box. I have to stay within um, my, you know, aerial space. Um, you know, there's, as the season progressed, we kind of learned what we can do, what we can get away with, you know, just like any other sport, you're going to learn how the refs are calling it. And so what things work well, what things you kind of, you know, what to make things not look as obvious. Um, but as a stopper, you know, yeah, you have that box and, you know, guys can either attack you from the outside. And so being able to time them, you know, if they get a big run up, you're going to, you kind of know, okay, they're going to jump from the outside tramp and try to dunk on you. And then, you know, if they kind of are coming in a little bit slower, more under control, they're maybe looking to go on the side tramp to the bottom, attack me from there. And so not only was it being able to get vertical, but a lot of it was being able to read um, kind of guys' body language. And as the season progressed, stoppers got a lot better at reading guys' body, you know, positioning and the offensive players got a lot better at reading stoppers' positioning. And so I think that's going to be something that's going to be even more um, explosive kind of in the next coming series and seasons of slam ball, um, how that dynamic of, you know, it's kind of like in baseball where, you know, pitchers are overpowered and it's a pitching, you know, pitching battle, that kind of thing. But then some years it's, you know, guys are hitting home runs and, you know, having so many hits and score so much, you know, it's, I think it's that kind of dynamic with stoppers and offensive players. You know, I think, even in that short four week season, you saw weeks where the stoppers were dominant. No one really got really anything going. And then you saw weeks where guys, you know, were scoring 40 points, 40, 50 points, which is just insane. And then the next week stoppers kind of, okay, this is how these guys move. This is how we're going to, you know, play it differently on defense. And so I think that dynamic is only just going to be even more, um, explosive and more uh, creative in that whole aspect of it. Cause it's not, you know, I feel like with football and basketball and that kind of thing, maybe the professional level, professional level, there's a little bit of this, but with slam ball, you can be very creative in how you do things. And I feel like a lot of times you were out there, a guy would do something and you would be like, you know, is that, is that even legal? Like, is, you know, I, I feel like what he just did is like, that shouldn't be allowed, you know, that shouldn't be, but that's just kind of what slam ball is. You know, if someone does something so crazy and so athletic and so cool, that's like, you know, that's, you know, you have to learn how to defend that. And I think that's not as much of an aspect for other um, 
other sports because you know you can attack a certain guy's skill set you can attack a certain guy's ability but you know that creativity aspect of slam ball i think is also huge and i think it's you know i think there's guys who are you know doing flips while they're trying to dunk or they're doing 360s even dunking on people between the legs dunking on people you know so it's like a dunk contest but now there's someone trying to block you and so if you can pull that off that's just awesome and then I know, I know some stoppers were trying to do like 360 blocks at some point, you know, which is like, that's, you know, if we get to that point, then we'll see if I can do that. But, you know, I, I was, I was happy with my skill set. I was going to keep it nice and nice and simple on defense. And then if I could come up and make a couple shots, make a couple assists, maybe here or there, that was going to be my, you know, I was going to be happy with that, especially coming in super late. I think that was, you know, I, I kind of took what I, what they gave me and I think it ended up going really well. Yeah. <clears throat> when I was researching more about you, I was I, now I want to mention this, too, before we get going. Uh, what's his name? Sam Roberts. Do you know him? Yep. He has a podcast. Yep. So I, I messaged him to try to get some clips of you because this is before I could actually yeah. show the YouTube yep. stuff, you know. Um, and he had pointed me towards a website that that's used to find more stuff. And, and OK, so I actually looked at your in-game stats for a lot of games and I can tell yeah. what you're saying there. I mean, you got the beginning of the season you can see you have no points but as it goes you creep up and yeah. your play time increases as well yep you go from four minutes six minutes 11 minutes so, i mean <clears throat> you can see what you're talking about on paper for sure yep. you have the stats to back it up uh i want to say too about sam appreciate sam he helped me out he got he got me a resource for that his podcast podcast is called bounce off a slam ball podcast it's a weekly podcast involving slam ball check him yep. out guys at home if you want more info he, he's a great guy he answered me immediately very friendly so yeah, i look no. forward to talking with him more in the future yeah yeah sam's awesome um i i talked to him a little bit um he did he did kind of a player um poll and he asked a bunch of players kind of just a you know questions about the season and how things had gone and I think he mentioned at some point that he would, you know, love to do an interview with me as well, just because um, that they made it such a, such a, you know, point of who I was that I was a long snapper. And because the guy who was announcing that weekend was a long snapper as well. Gotcha. And so they made it such a big part of who I was. And that was kind of my nickname for majority of the session, especially once I kind of started playing more, they called me the long snapper. I don't Understood. think they called me Nathan or they didn't call me Carson's <laughs> that often. I thought he was just like a snapper a lot. So I think, you know, I, I look forward to talking to him, you know, Sam about it more because, you know, he's, he obviously was doing his homework and I, I even watched some of his podcasts during the season just to see what someone else thought about, because I knew he was watching all the games. And so I wanted to, I, it was, it was cool to watch him and watch, um, you know, his, his take on all the things. And so that was, he's a great guy. Yeah, he 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 reminds me of the pot of the slam ball version of myself almost. Yeah, to be honest yeah, with absolutely, you. When, absolutely. When I went and was researching slam ball, he was the first one that came up. I started looking and was like, "Oh yeah, this guy knows his stuff." Yeah, you can tell he does it for the love. So, oh yeah, yep. appreciate you, Sam, for that help. Um, we didn't actually use what he suggested just because we got the easier clips, but I did find what he was talking about. Oh yeah, I'll include all his stuff in the notes, guys. If you want to check him out, he's pretty good at what he's doing. Uh, but before we move on to more of the show, we had a bunch of comments and I'm notorious about this because I get so absorbed into the interview. I forget there's comments. So just wanted to highlight some, and I think some of your family, some aren't, let's see. Here's the first one I got from Mary. Do you know Mary? 
Oh yeah. Yep. I know her very well. She seems like she's a she's big, a, big fan. Yep. No, she was, uh, she's my girlfriend's, uh, grandmother. Understood. And so her, um, my girlfriend, her mom, and then obviously Mary, her grandma all came out for a game. And so that, that was really awesome just to see her familiar face because I kind of flew out to Vegas on, you know, a one day notice. Gotcha. Didn't really get a chance to even see my, Oh, I, I think I saw my parents at the airport. They met me at the airport, but you know, I didn't really get to see a chance or get a chance to say goodbye to a lot of people. And so having someone familiar, some familiar faces come out and visit me in Vegas and kind of just spend some time with them. That was awesome. And so, yeah, she's always, she's been a great supporter ever since uh, me and my girlfriend have started dating. Um, so, you know, she's a big fan of mine, you know, back when I was still at Western and then obviously now that I'm playing slam ball. So, you know, it's really nice to see that she tuned in. Yes, sir. I agree with you. Thank you for watching, Mary. Appreciate you greatly. And we got Martha. I'm guessing this is your mother. Is that oh, correct? yes. Yes, gotcha. that's, that's, that's the mom. Oh yeah. So she knows, you know, she loves you. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think, I think both mom and dad are very excited to tune in and watch. So cool. Cool. Yeah. That, your family seems great, man, from researching you. And then what you told me now, I mean, that, that's, that's my type of people. I'll say yeah. that, that's what I've been around for many, many a year. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> Oh, we got XFL Mike G. This is one of my guys. Great guy. Hunters are athletes too. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, you know, like the, I've, I've had that, you know, phrase trans or, you know, uh, translated in many different ways. I've had long snappers are athletes too. I've had punters are athletes too. So I feel like I've, I know that, I know that statement all too well, you know, kind of being that uh, guy on the outside looking in and just kind of proving that I am, you know, an athlete, whether it was a punter or long snapper or whatever it was. And this next one, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe you know more about it. But do you, what are we talking about here? So yeah, that's Ackley's my hometown, and so that's that's David. Uh, he was my high school coach's son, and Got so you. he was you know three or four years under me. I think he might have been a freshman when I was a senior, or if he was a sophomore when I was a senior. I know he was just a couple years below me, and so you know early in my high school career, he was a water boy. He was always around to practices. He was always just a cool guy a cool kid that, you know, was super excited about just everything that was going on. And so recently me and him have been in contact. Um, I think he's still back uh, coaching, doing a lot of that kind of stuff, but you know, we'll, we'll congratulate on each other on whatever's going on in each other's lives. So he'll reach out and we'll talk to each other. But yeah, I think he's just excited to see someone from Ackley doing something that's, you know, not a lot of people from Ackley do. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Thank you for watching, David. And lastly, it's another one from Mike G. Mike's, Mike's always got the best comments. That transition from trampoline to the hardwood hurt my knees just watching. <laughs> yeah, yes, I mean, absolutely. I think the first couple times you do it, you don't really um, even, you know, know what's going to happen. And then obviously you do it more and more and it becomes a lot easier and you learn how to land. But, you know, initially just thinking, okay, I'm jumping on a trampoline. You know, maybe I'm not jumping super high. I'm only jumping five feet in the air six feet in the air, but then you think, okay, let me get on top of a six foot ladder and just jump off and land on something hard. You know, that when you think about it that way, you're like, whoa, that's a little bit way, that's way too much. Yep. Um, but I think the thing that helped was, um, and I don't think you can really notice it unless you go to a slam ball game and you go to the court, the, the hardwood, it's not just a regular basketball court where, you know, if a regular basketball court, you know, it's wood and, you know, it's very solid. You know, there may be some give depending on what the level. I know some NBA courts have a little bit of give just because, you know, they know that that landing and landing and landing is such a, you know, 
large thing, but it's not just a regular old, you know, high school basketball court. They each, each section of the court, obviously the court's raised about six feet because with the trampolines, you know, the trampoline goes down four or five, maybe even, you know, close to six feet every time someone jumps in, especially if a lot of guys jump in at the same time. And so there needs to be that kind of room underneath. Um, but the, the, they have, it's kind of like a tiling for the hardwood. Um, it's not necessarily super, you know, not each, the hardwood isn't like a trampoline either. You know, it's definitely hard. You definitely can land. There's that, but there's still, there's still some give gotcha. because it's tiled. Um, I feel like there's a little bit more just room for tiles to kind of move somewhat depending on how you land on it. And so by landing on it doesn't mean that, you know, it just puts all the pressure on your joints. There's still some give. And so, you know, it's not necessarily you just jumping 10 feet off the ground onto the solid ground. There's a little bit of give. And so there's a little bit of um, softness to landings, but it's not anything, you know, it's not like you're jumping on a, a pad or you're jumping on a another trampoline. You're definitely landing. And so it, it definitely, yeah, it, that learning how to land and landing softly was a thing that I did, really didn't even get you know, uh, even at all during the season, I had some people come up to be like, Hey, you need to land a lot softer. Like that's, you know, that's going to take a toll after a while. Um, but I had another guy come up and say, you know, that's a sign that you are going to be a really good stopper because that just tells me that you're not just absorbing the contact you're pushing into the ground every time you land. And as a stopper, you need to be able to get up, you know, kill your bounce, you know, locate everyone else, but then push yourself back up into the air. And so he kind of reassured me like, Hey, like, you know, yes, it's nice to land softly, but it's also a good trait to have. And so, you know, it, it and it, if it didn't hurt me, then I was going to keep doing it. So that was kind of, you know, <laughs> I was okay with it, but you know, maybe in 10, 15 years, if I continue to do this for a while, you know, maybe I should have landed a lot softer. Maybe my knees and ankles will be screaming at me in a, you know, in a decade or two. You're probably going to do that either way, man. You <laughs> yeah, might as well yeah. enjoy it. Absolutely. Now Absolutely. <laughs> So that's all the comments I really got. In terms of questions, I had a couple. You answered the floor question. I was going to ask you more about it because when you watch clips, you can tell the floor is a little different. It's not like yeah. a normal floor. So that was a question of mine. In terms of the trampolines, now I know I took like gymnastics in college. And you you met, this is where I first got my experience with these kind of trampolines. And I know if you don't hit that thing correctly, you're going to go a whole opposite direction. Yeah. Did you find that was difficult to kind of learn coming in and um, I, I guess redirecting the, your weight? Yeah. I think the biggest struggle for me was not necessarily direct, like moving side to side. The biggest part for me is I wanted to jump every time I hit the trampoline. And so I'd be going, I'd be going. And then, you know, if I wanted to go super high, I'd bend my knees a ton and then my legs would just give out because that was gotcha. way too much pressure, you know? And so, you know, learning how to trust the trampoline in the first place, realizing that trampoline is going to do most of the work no matter what. And that most of the time guys are just pushing through their toes. You know, they're not even really, you know, they'll, they'll use their legs a little bit, you know, use it like, you know, the guys who are really high flyers, they'll use their legs if they kind of develop that skill. But, you know, most of the guys when they're jumping super high and they're getting vertical, you know, consistently, they're just pushing right through their toes. And so, that was more of a struggle for me learning and like trying to trust not to have to jump to like bend my bend my legs a lot and really try to jump each time. Um, regarding like training uh, with the, with the trampolines, when I came in, uh, they, the way they explained it to me, you know, that I'd have a couple days to kind of just get a feel for the trampolines. They kind of just wanted to see me move around. 
and so that whole transition was super um just crazy for me because i flew in the next morning i did like physicals all this stuff i kind of had some medical um, paperwork that didn't go through right away and so i had to wait an extra day or two before i can even get on the trampolines and so not only was i coming in super late but you know i was kind of delayed even further and i think i came in on like a tuesday or wednesday and the first time i got on the trampolines was friday or saturday and they the guy pretty much told me like, Hey, if you weren't like, if you didn't go today and I didn't see a, like a ton of potential and what you were doing, like we were going to send you home because they just didn't have enough time to see me and, you know, see if I had the stuff to do it. But luckily I went at it one day and he was like, yeah, I think you have what it takes. And then, you know, they kind of just put me directly into team practices. I was still doing kind of like solo work on the outside. But um, they, they put me kind of into a team practice, learning how to do all those skills. Like they had learned how to dribble on the trampolines, all that kind of stuff. I hadn't done that at all. And so trying not to look like a fool and trying to, you know, kind of just, you know, look like I kind of know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a big part of it too. And so I, again, I kind of had to sort of learn on the fly and they kind of just, they pushed me into it. And I think, like I said before, that's kind of how I feel like my athletic career has always been i feel like you know doing something very last minute doing something that maybe i'm not super comfortable with but then it ends up going really great you know i might have had some setbacks here or there whistling ball i got hurt you know i think second or third week uh just you know just a lower you know i tweaked my ankle tweaked my knee a little bit nothing super serious but you know with being on your trampoline every day you kind of have to be 100 percent. like that's you know you can't really hide that Yep. Um, like maybe you can in football or, you know, any other sport. And so that, I think a big part of that too, is just kind of having them push me into it. You know, I didn't really get that time to transition to it, but no, I, I, you know, everything happened for a reason and, uh, it ended up going really great. You know, I started with a team, they put me on a different team and they were like, I, we feel like you have potential to be really good and, you know, kind of slowly just inch by inch, get improved every week, got more comfortable on the trampolines, got more comfortable with the game in general. And you can kind of see that, like you said, you know, week by week, game by game, you can kind of see, okay, he played, you know, two minutes, three minutes. Okay. He played 10 minutes. Okay. Yep. He played 15. Oh, he played 20 minutes and he scored eight points, you know, or he played, you know, 20 minutes and he made two, four pointers and he, you know, got a face off and all that kind of stuff like that a lot of those things i just kind of went with and i just you know i was like hey i'm here i might as well just show them what i got and it ended up going really well understood i mean you basically answered my one of my questions i was just going to ask you to describe i mean your experience but i think we got a pretty good idea of how that goes you know yeah. in terms of actual play it it you make it sound easy but i know this stuff's hard <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it looks hard, man, but much yeah. respect to you, dude, to be able to just change sports like that. I know, you know, football wise, whatever you end up doing, whether it be this new, the new XFL, USFL, or if it's AFL or CF, anything like that, with what you're talking and your skill set and your work ethic, I think you have a place somewhere. You just got to find yeah. where your home at, man. Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome that you can do those things because a lot of people are stuck, unfortunately, in yeah. doing one thing all yeah. the time. Yep. And it may not be what you want, but it's just what you're gifted with. But congrats, yep. man. Thank you. Let's see. 
Mike asked a question regarding Slambo. I'll get to that question in just a second, Mike. I want to finish the whole convo before I get to that one. Uh, da, da, da. Tell you what, let's go ahead and answer Mike's question. Mike said, how do we watch Slam Ball? And so I think originally a lot of them were on ESPN Plus. Um, I, I think I checked recently. I don't know. You know, they only have so much of a arch- archive of games. Um, you can see a lot of the highlights, a lot of the – they might not be full games yet. You know, I, I don't know if they'll share full games. I know you can see full games from, like, the original Slam Ball in the early 2000s. They'll have those on YouTube. But – I'm sure you can look up highlights, just, you know, Google slam ball or Google slam ball highlights. You can watch a uh, majority of the, you know, top 10 plays or, you know, top dunks of the week or blocks of the week or whatever it may be. I think they have a lot of the playoff games on YouTube as well. I think they're just highlights. And so you can watch, you know, like the five or six, seven minute super cut of the, you know, quarterfinal game, semifinal games, championship game. Um, something I didn't mention is I was lucky enough to be on a team that we made the championship game. Um, that was something that I, you know, I was like, Oh, I hope we make the playoffs when we first learned about the playoffs. And then we made the playoffs. We kind of solidified our spot. And then we, I felt like we had a really good, you know, path to the playoffs. I knew at some point we were going to play the mob. And so for those of you who are familiar with slam ball, the mob was just unstoppable force. Not only did they have an amazing offense, they had the best stopper in the league. And so if, you know, if on the off chance you could stop them, you weren't going to out, you know, you weren't going to score on them. Or if you could, you know, if you could score on them, there's no way you're going to stop them. And, you know, unfortunately we lost in the championship game, but gotcha. I feel like that was, um, that was just, you know, I was building, 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 building. And I think not only was I building, but our team was kind of coming together as a unit uh, as I was starting to play a lot better because, the other stopper on our team was uh, he Amir Smith. He, you know, I don't think he necessarily wanted to play stopper. He was very skilled on offense. He could, he was a big guy. He was my height, a little bit thinner, uh, a little bit more athletic. And so he was a monster on the other end. He could, you know, jump from the outside tramp and dunk on you before you could even blink. And so I think what was big for our team is allowing me to play stopper, allowing him to go play offense that just added to the whole dynamic of our team. And so, you know, me playing well, not only allowed me to perform better and, you know, showcase my skill better, but I think it just allowed our team to um, do what they could do best. And I think that was originally why I transitioned teams. Um, I kind of, again, like I had, it was a learning curve and I kind of had to go with the fly and go with the flow. I don't think at the early stage, you know, my coaches were necessarily comfortable putting me in there a ton because I was super new to it, but then, you know, I, I did, I made certain plays. I did the right things in practice and they were like, Hey, we're going to give you a shot. And when they gave me my shot, I performed. And then they were like, Hey, like, this is something we can, you know, kind of count on. And so I think that's something I hope to build on next summer, uh, getting there hopefully when everyone else does. So having that month to prepare, I only had a couple weeks to prepare, um, just getting more comfortable with being able to do it. And I, cause I think my skill set. My baseline skill set outside of everything else is almost perfect for slam ball physical, but I have a lot of basketball skill. And so that, that'll be, that'll be really good next summer, obviously. And then if I can play football in the meantime, you know, what in, in one of these leagues, um, that would be even better because I would be staying in shape. I'll be putting tape out for something that I've been doing for the last, you know, 
I don't even know, 14, 13, 14 years of my life ever since I was a, you know, peewee playing flag football and that kind of thing. And so if I can continue to play football, I would love to do that. But slam ball just came out of nowhere and it was one of the greatest experiences I've had, especially being in Vegas. And so if I can do, if I can do both, that's, that would be incredible. If I can just do slam ball, if I can do just football again, that'll, that that's also fine with me because at least I'm playing, I'm doing something with my athletic ability before I, you know, obviously get too old. Oh yeah. I, I agree with you. And that, yeah, that's, that's one of my questions. I mean, it, it basically it was what your future plan is and how you plan on getting back to football. Let's get to that towards the end though, if that's okay. okay. Yep, no I definitely want to hear about it. And it, regardless of what you're doing, doing anything's better than nothing. So yeah. that's, I agree with that. I mean, it, this seems like a niche and it seems like something that not many people are going to be specifically good at playing. So yeah. it, yep. it, it's a really valuable skill, man. Now uh, to answer more of Mike's question, now the the site that Sam shared with me earlier is a public site, so I'm okay. gonna share it real quick. And actually, every game is on here. You just kind of okay. got to work to find it. Yeah, uh, player stats are on here. Everything's on here that you would need to to really research from last season. And Mike, I'm gonna get rid of your comment. All right, so let's go. Let's make this baby full screen. I don't know how. <laughs> there we go. All right, so. If you look up, I mean, so I've been looking at games, so I have a recent history up here. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, basically what you're going to do is you're going to click the teams and you're going to go to like Buzzsaw. And then here's one of their games. And let's see, that's from the playoffs. Let's do the regular season. There's all the regular season games. So you can even click stats and then it'll bring you to the stats or... You can just hit watch game and watch the whole game. I mean, it's really whatever you want to do. It took me a little bit to figure this out. So if anybody yeah. checks this out at home, just work with it. So here it breaks the whole game down. It's not pulled up yet. As soon as it pulls up, it breaks the whole game down. And you can pick what plays you actually want to look at. So, I mean, just for example, let's look at loose ball recovery. Uh, just like right here. So we can watch those plays. This system is fantastic. I will say after learning how to use it, I wish football had this in this capacity. Yeah. <clears throat> it's awesome. This was, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know if it's the same site, but our uh, we would obviously watch film on games, and it was very similar to this. We could watch exactly when certain guys scored, you know, how certain guys were getting in, you know, whatever they were doing. And so, yeah, it's super intuitive. You can just look up a certain player. You can look up a certain stat. You can click on it, and it'll show you exactly kind of where and when it happened. Yep, yep. Just had to show the people at home that. That's going to be an awesome interactive experience whenever, like, next season hits. The actual season runs from July to August, correct? Is that Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was um, early July, and then it, I think the championship was around August 17th, 18th around so like middle August. And so it's about a month and a half. Cool. Cool. So you lived in Vegas, you were housed in Vegas the whole yeah, time. Yep. And so I flew out. So the only, I had to fly out there and I had to, you know, pay for that. That was, but then once I get out there, they were going to, you know, put me in housing and that kind of thing. They put me in a hotel for what seemed like a long time because, <laughs> you know, they didn't put me in a team yet. And, you know, I was kind of just doing my own training and they wanted to make sure I was on the certain team for sure. 
but then all the teams were put in like individual Airbnbs. And so you would live with your teammates essentially. And, and so said. not only would you ride to practice with each other, but you would spend each like the rest of your time with them. And so it really allowed you to kind of get to know them a lot better. You weren't just seeing them a couple hours a day. You were seeing them, you know, almost 24 seven. And so that, that was awesome. And they, you know, they provided transportation when I was in the hotel, they would give me codes to get, you know, a taxi or get a lift. And then once I moved to a house, they had like, you know, team vehicles that we used to get from place to place. Sweet. That's awesome, dude. I mean, that has to make an impact on your plane, just knowing you took care yeah, of it on the back burner. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a big part of it. That's a that's one of the, the saddest things about some of the stuff that comes up, such as the smaller leagues and stuff, is when they actually take, you know, full advantage of these players. And yeah. so seeing that something like this is, is giving you all this tape, they're taking care of you, they're paying you, and then plus you got the teammates with you. I'm sure that helps amplify the gameplay. Yeah. There's no way around it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this question. How would your teammates describe you if they had to, if I sat down and said, Hey, can you describe Nathan for me or long um, for me? I feel like, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> I think, I know I was super quiet um, initially, uh, especially with slam ball because I was super new. And so I didn't really know I had gotten some initial kind of feedback on who each player was and kind of, at least how they played. I didn't really kind of know their personality. I just kind of had watched them practice a couple of times. And so the first couple of days that I moved in, even prior when I practiced with them, I kind of stayed super quiet. Um, I'm not someone to, who has to force myself on others. You know, I'm going to see uh, how comfortable they are with me, how I feel comfortable with them before I kind of start, you know, forcing my personality onto them. Yes, sir. But I feel like, what kind of went hand in hand was the better I started playing in practice or in the games, I feel like that was the more and more my personality kind of came out. And I'm sure a lot of the guys on my team will tell you, um, I was joking with them 24 seven, you know, like I would, I would take inside jokes that they had had that I'd been hurt, been hearing and I would, you know, turn it up a notch and, you know, and that whole kind of thing. They, we had a thing on our team. One of the guys was, we called him the glue. And he was kind of, you know, obviously he was the guy that kind of kept everyone together. And a couple of weeks in, I was just joking. And I was like, no, honestly, I feel like I'm the glue. I'm the one that kind of keeps everyone together. And then most of the guys were like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, you, you see, you seem to do that better than he does. And so that was, that was a big, I think that was a big, just kind of transition. Everyone was like, yeah, you know, Nate's actually a really cool guy. You know, not only is he, you know, a good athlete, good at slam ball, but like, he seems like he's very invested in all of us. And, you know, I, I keep in contact with a lot of those guys, um still to this day you know some of those guys were almost they're almost like celebrities in their own right i'm i'm may or may not have been the least you know famous of all the people in slam ball you know i'm sure there was a couple other guys who only had a couple hundred followers like i do but um i felt like i was able to keep everyone grounded and keep everyone together and so that's one thing definitely about me you know i'm i'm definitely serious when i need to be serious when games you know in practice when you know I think that that whole kind of coaching aspect comes into it too. being able to read not only players, but how your coaches are trying to go about something, how just read the room in regards to what's, you know, what's kind of, how are guys feeling right now? How should we be feeling? I feel like that's a big part of how I was able to translate to my players as well, my teammates as well. Um, that coaching aspect to it of being able to like, okay, this is, you know, we're doing well, 
you know, we're building, you know, I can kind of be joking, it can be funny, but then also like, you know, we need to get this right. We need to fix this. And I think my teammates kind of saw that in me as well. And I think that was kind of how I was in, you know, at Western and football. Um, I wasn't always a super vocal guy. You know, I was going to speak up when I felt like I needed to speak up. But, um, you know, like I said, I don't want to force myself on anybody. I don't want to feel like I'm overbearing and trying to tell someone how to do something because I wouldn't want someone to tell me to do that. You know, I hate when people are super all like, this is what you need to do. Like, and they never kind of let up and they never let you learn. And I think a big part of growing as a person and as an athlete is, you know, a coach gives you instruction, but then you have to figure it out yourself. Find your own way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You can't just, you can't just listen to a coach and do exactly what he says over and over and over again. You're not going to build any kind of, you know, problem solving skills, you know, as a person or as an athlete. And so I think all my teammates back at Western would, you know, kind of describe me the same way. I'm definitely a goofball. I'm definitely, I love to mess around. Um, I love to, you know, joke around, have a good time, obviously within the confines of, you know, it's appropriate. I'm not going to be the, you know, I'm not going to be the guy who can read the room and obviously it's very tense and I'm not going to, you know, make crack a joke then. I know when to, (laughs) I know when to speak and I know when to be serious. I know when to be funny. And I feel like a lot of guys would say that about me. I feel like they, you know, they would say that I don't talk a lot, but when I do talk, it's either hilarious or it's very insightful. And so, um, that, that, the majority of that would probably how my teammates would describe me. They would either describe me as hilarious or they'd mostly describe me as hilarious. They probably wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't say that I'm insightful right away. But if you ask, <laughs> you know, if you, if you ask them, what about when things are serious, how, well, how would you describe him? They'd be like, Oh no, he's very thought out. He's very, um, cerebral and how he goes about things with the sport, but they would definitely say that I was, I was funny and I was always just joking around when things were light and when things were funny understood maybe we'll get a slam ball reality tv show next year (laughs) that'd be awesome awesome. (laughs) all right i got a couple more questions for you before we roll off the air Uh, this one just goes back to a general question okay so what's your best athletic experience i mean out of life you could be high school college this and slam ball whatever whatever you think's the best I think you know I'm gonna I'm gonna give one from high school, one from college, and obviously I think I to go without saying slam ball was not the craziest best experience I've had as an athlete. Like I'd obviously be lying. Um, it was, you know, honestly, there's still times I just think about. I was in Vegas for a month and a half. I didn't have to pay for anything. I was essentially going to a gym, going to an arena. And, you know, doing PE, essentially playing a PE game with some of my closest friends at the time, you know, every day for two hours. Like that that's honestly the best way I can explain it. Like you go in every, yeah, everyone is having a blast. Like that's another thing I, I, I haven't mentioned yet, but like everyone with slam ball was solely invested on furthering the sport. Like no one, there was no beefs. Like no one was like, oh yeah, that guy, he's, you know, he's kind of a character. No one really likes him. Like everyone was on the program of trying to progress slam ball, make it the best it could be. And that goes top down. Like the guy I talked to trying to get out there, he was awesome. He was someone that I knew I was going to like from the first time I talked to him, he was cracking jokes. You know, he was kind of like, Hey, you know, he, he knew like, kind of like I, he knew when to be serious, you know, when's to crack jokes. Like I, I could got, I got that from him like instantly. And then when I met him face to face, it was the same thing. You you knew when to fear him 
and when to know like, Hey, he's being serious. But then you also knew that he was a fun guy and he wanted everything to go well. And so definitely overall, I feel like slam ball has been the best experience I've ever had as an athlete. I feel like it really rejuvenated a lot of things in me with slant, like with just athletics in general, I felt like it, it taught me how, what it, what it feels like to, you know, have that competitive edge. Cause I feel like, you know, once you're at a certain level for so long, you kind of just, you know, things aren't as new. You kind of go with the motions. It's impossible to go against that, you know, playing college football for so long, you're kind of like, Oh yeah. You know, and playing another game, going to a hotel, taking a lot of things for advantage, thinking a lot of things, um, you know, it, and just, it was just, I don't know. It was just crazy. And I, I, there's still times I can't even really even explain it. I talked to a guy in the team a week or so ago, he texted me and I was like, you know, he even said like, there's still times I think back, like, did we even just do that? Like, were we, were we on ESPN for a, a month and a half playing? It was fast. Slamball? And so like, and just can't wait to do it again. And so that, that's definitely, I'd be lying if I say that wasn't my best athletic experience ever. Um, for, for, for college, that would, you know, I, you know, not to say that it wasn't a football memory, but I remember one of my first couple of years, we had an intramural basketball team with a lot of football players and we won the championship. That was awesome. Like, you know, had some slam though, ball like activities yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. Like not, I didn't think, you know, we're, I'm a college athlete. There's no way I can do intramural basketball. And there's no way they're going to let a team be all football players, but they were like, yeah, you know, whatever. And so we just, <laughs> wow, that is it. hard to believe, dude. And so that we won a championship. And so that was, that was cool. Um, with football, I feel like the spring season of COVID, that was, you know, a majority of it. When we got that final win against Youngstown state, um, we, we had, we had lost five in a row and we were going and we were playing Youngstown at home um kind of had some injuries so like we weren't necessarily the deepest we had been at all we kind of had a you know i think going into that spring we only had like 70 guys total in a roster which is like crazy low for a division one football team like that's for sure some high school teams have more numbers than that yep and so going into that season kind of knowing that this is gonna you know we're gonna have to grind this out and i think i made a couple couple good plays that game team ended up winning and that ended up being our last game of the spring season because we had so many injuries, we just couldn't continue. I think that was a just culmination of me playing really well and then me playing well and the team playing really well. I felt like up to that point, and it had been one or the other. You know, I had had a good game, but we lost, or, you know, the team played really well or I didn't play as much. And so that was kind of both of them coming together, me feeling like, okay, I can succeed and the team can concede. And that, that was, I think that was really big for me um, in my collegiate career. High school, I obviously have to say, I think that was my state championship in discus because, well, and I'm, honestly, I don't even know if it was my state championship in discus. I think it might have been my runner up my junior year because I wasn't expected to be even top or podium, be top eight. I think going into that meet, I was like 12th or 13th or 14th. And, you know, the headline, I think, said the next day, like, it takes a state record, uh, you know, state meet record throw to beat Carson's. And so, and it actually did the guy who got first threw like 200 feet, Dang. which is, was like the state record. And wow. I threw 175, which is obviously 25 feet for like under what he threw. But the next guy under me was like 150. And so any other year I would have won, but unfortunately it just had been the year that he had won. And I think coming into it, thinking that I was maybe going to 
get eighth or seventh or sixth, but then performing as well as I did and then getting second and then losing to a guy who threw the meet record. I feel like that was just a point in my just career that I was like, wow, like I can actually be, you know, not necessarily I can be someone, but you know, like things can go really well for me in certain things. And I think from that point on, you know, going into my senior year of football and then basketball and then obviously playing sports and in college, I think that was one of the biggest moments where kind of just, okay, I can, you know, I can kind of be somebody, I can make something of my name um, if I just, you know, put my mind to it. And so that, that, that was kind of, I think that's what started my whole journey, you know, kind of realizing, Oh, like I'm actually compared to everyone else. I'm actually a really good, you know, well, first off discus thrower, but then athlete in general. Yeah. I mean, did you train going into that or did you just play to kind of keep busy? Um, what what do you mean with what? Like for the discus. I know like, so yeah. for example, in my school, the the springtime track folks were mostly football players who didn't want to play another sport. Yeah, they, yeah. they forced us into there. So that's why I asked, was it just a natural ability you found you had or did um, you actually have to train towards yeah, that? Yeah, it, it def- I, I think I had some skill for it. I had thrown in junior high. Um, and I think a, a large reason for my success in junior high was just, again, because I was a lot bigger than everybody else and th- throwing a weight when I weigh more than everyone else and I'm, I have a longer wingspan and with discus, you know, wingspan super important and speed like that was, so I was super successful with it in there, but then moving up to high school, the discus goes up in weight and you can't just kind of rely on scale and with discus and any kind of throwing and even in, in any kind of field event and track, it's very much a skill set and you kind technique, of have to technique, yeah, yeah. technique, everything like that. I never really had a, you know, throws coach, I guess you could say, um, we had a throws coach, um, for my first couple of years who knew a decent amount about throwing, but what's crazy about the way our, you know, we didn't, we didn't have an all weather track. We had a dirt track. And so they would, you know, our people would run around a dirt track and then our shot put ring was, you know, close to our track, but then our discus ring was on the other side of a Creek that ran through our town. And so we kind of had to walk over to the road, walk across like the bridge kind of thing that we had, and then walk down to, it was one of our practice fields for football was where the discus ring was. And so our coach, the coach would likely always stay by the shot putters. That's kind of just how, you know, he would, cause there was more of them. And I feel like he kind of gave me certain insights my freshman, sophomore year, but I also did my own research on how to throw. And so I felt like my junior and senior year, especially, I was kind of the throws coach for discus. Like we had a coach for shot put and he was, you know, we had guys who had one stayed in shot put, one Drake relays in shot put. Um, And so we were very exceptional in just throwing in general. But he kind of knew that I had taken a, you know, kind of a coaching role in discus and kind of knew what I was talking about. And so he let me do my thing. And, you know, I don't think I ever got specific instruction on how to throw correctly i think i kind of just looked up and kind of did whatever felt right and obviously it ended up being good for me but um but yeah it was definitely something that i practiced and put myself into because i don't think i um i rarely would run a track practice you know i feel like with a smaller school a lot of throwers will still run with the other runners because there's like okay everyone needs to run everyone needs to be in shape it doesn't matter if you're throwing or not and then after everyone ran you would do your, uh, you know, uh, you know, field events, that kind of thing. But 
because we were so successful in throwing, I feel like the coach was like, you guys just, you know, if you're going to score 10 points for us every meet in your events, go do your thing. Like that's, that's worth it. I feel like, and honestly, I felt like it was too. And so I, I focused on throwing majority of the spring and then uh, I ended up doing pretty well, obviously my junior and senior year. So that was a lot of good memories, you know, with that crick and with throwing and just, you know, the dirt track, all that kind of stuff coming from a small town, a lot of good stuff. I can remember about it. Oh, I bet dude. And, just the multi-sport athlete i mean you basically you just said if it wasn't for playing a different sport you don't know if you would have i guess adopted the athletic mindset that hey yeah. i can do whatever i want if i yeah. practice and try yeah. really you know that was, so that was, that was huge that's the necessary part of of multi-sport athletes is it's i feel you you should always play another sport you proven time and time again you're, yeah. you're better at your sport when you're good at another sport it's yeah. just it's how it is different skill mm-hmm. sets yep absolutely that's that's awesome man i did not expect the track and field background but it definitely makes sense now especially looking yeah. at you yeah. <laughs> i yeah. bet in middle school you were huge man oh yeah yeah i just had a you know giant wingspan could kind of really just whip it i wasn't really even spinning and you know i would just stand there and just <laughs> lean back and chuck it and it would go a lot further than anybody else just because i had you know the body type for it Yes, sir. Oh, all right, man. We're about done. I got a couple more questions and we'll see if anybody's got some questions for you in the comments. Let me see. I think this is about it. So this will be the last one. As a potential player of leagues like the XFL or USFL, how do you feel about this merger that they're talking? How does that make you feel about in terms of opportunities that you may have for the future? Uh, I'm baking that a professional uh, experience. I mean, anything that you yeah. gauge on that. Um, you know, I think initially I was a little disappointed because, you know, I think the initial talks are that it's at the end of the day, it's going from 16 teams to like 10 or however many there it's not going to be saying 16, 12 now, but 12, there's no, okay. there's nothing official. So yeah, your, so, your I mean, guess even, is the same as mine. Yeah. You know? Even if it is, you know, four less teams like that's, you know, say there's 50 certain 50 some guys on a roster, that's 200 less spots that I would have access to. And so I'm a little discouraged in that aspect of it. Um, even going back to like when these leagues started, you know, with COVID and everyone wanting to just watch sports. And I think a lot of that's a lot of reasons that a lot of sports are either becoming more popular or not, or, you know, doing this merger, that kind of thing is because of COVID people being home a lot more people wanting to binge, you know, shows, binge athletics, whatever it may be. And so I think even from the early, you know, as these leagues were being developed and once they were kind of head to head, you know, both being in the spring, they might not have had the exact same schedules, but both being in the spring to summer, both kind of competing for the same players in the, in a sense, you know, those guys who are just right below that NFL level, those guys who might need a little bit more refining before they can go to the NFL. Some of those guys who um, were in the NFL, you know, in a training camp, but then, you know, they don't, you know, obviously they make huge cuts in the NFL. And so if you make an NFL roster initially, but then get cut during training camp, a lot of those guys have nothing else to do. And a lot of those guys don't want to go to like uh, indoor football league or an arena league because they don't, you know, they don't see it as, high value is what they feel like they are which is completely understandable i feel like to me and so i think you know i think definitely the xfl and usfl and the merger in general will fill a spot that i think is needed you know 
because like MLB has minor leagues, the NBA has G League, like yep. you know these developmental leagues that are put in place for a reason. Reason, and so I definitely think it has its positioning. But I I, I didn't think that the XFL and USFL were going to be able to compete against each other for a long period of time, and I think this merger just kind of proves that point and showing that they're not going to be able to compete against each other. Yes, and sir. it's it probably the best interest for them to combine. And so with my like educational background right now, I'm in grad school for sports management. And so I see that side of it. I see that they need to merge because it's what's best for the business side and what's best for making profits. Cause at the end of the day, NFL, NBA, they're all trying to make a profit. They're all, you know, they're all professional. They're all selling tickets for, you know, hundreds of dollars and making millions of dollars, even billions of dollars a year, because that's, you know, that's the name of the game at the end of the day. And a lot of guys say with the NFL, with football, it's a business. And so when guys get cut, it's not, you know, it's not personal. It's just, that's just how, that's just how the kind of game has developed. It's a business, you know, you either have the skill set or you don't. And that's kind of how it is at the end of the day. And so from the, sports management side i definitely see the importance of this going through and kind of working because like i said i don't think that they could compete against each other for much longer um that initial kind of covid wave is kind of um not as you know big as it initially was guys aren't people aren't really pushing for watching football um, or having different avenues to watch football as much as they were and so i definitely think it makes sense in the you know business aspect of it but as a player as a potential player um especially if they do cut the teams down you know that'll be that won't help me at all with trying to get into the league but again i think with them combining i think the benefits from both you know where some one one league had a pro another league had a pro there might have been a con here or there i feel like with the merger they're going to learn from both of their experiences and build a league that is better than either of them could have been separate and so the only downside would be getting a spot getting a chance to play um, because i know there's probably there's likely going to be less spots no matter what happens but i think it's going to be best for um professional football in general not only for the individual leagues i feel like it's just going to be better for a developmental league for the nfl um, and all that kind of stuff. And so, whereas, you know, it doesn't help me necessarily getting a spot on a team in professional football, I think it's at the end of the day, even if I don't get a shot next year or whatever, um, I feel like it's what's best for professional football. And especially with long snapping, you know, not as much tight end, but long snapping is all about just being ready. You know, that's, you know, a lot of times teams only have one long snapper because that's all they need. They're not guys who are going out to get hurt or going out to do, you know, are, they're very just reliable people and they're going to do their job. And so if that means that I play slam ball for, you know, three, four, five, even five years, and then a team calls and like, Hey, we know you played slam ball, but we know you're a long snapper in this new developmental league. And they're like, Hey, we need you to come in and be a long snapper. And then if I still have the skill set to be a tight end, I can maybe do that still. And then if I do well at either, you know, I don't know if being a 30 year old tight end and <laughs> one of this, you know, developmental leagues is going to make that jump up to the NFL. I, you know, maybe I'm just a little too old at that point, but I feel like long snapping, especially if I'm doing that well at the developmental league, I feel like that jump to the NFL level would be 
um, not necessarily easy, but it's a lot more doable and believable because, you know, you do see long snappers in the NFL who are high thirties, if not all in their thirties. I feel like there's not a lot of, not a lot of long snappers are getting drafted out of college. Not a lot of long snappers are getting that, um, chance directly out of college because it is such a skill-based job and so if you can get a guy who's been doing it for 10 plus years um and he's reliable like and you may, he might not be the best coverage guy at the end of the day that's more important than having a younger guy who is a little bit more athletic maybe has a little bit more hunger to him but he's not as skilled and so he might snap yep. it over the punter's head like that's yep. you know that they're not willing to make that you know um not willing to make that choice and so you know, ultimately, if I can play tight end, like I said, if I can play tight end now and in a developmental league, XFL, USFL, or the combined league, I feel like that would be awesome. But I do realize that as I get older, the tight end part of my game might just kind of not be in the cards anymore. But I'm totally open to being a long snapper. You know, like I said, I think I've told a friend and family, if I can be a long snapper till I'm 40, but I don't start until I'm 28, 29, 30. Like that's still 10 years in the NFL or playing professional football. Like that'll be perfect for me because long snapper, like I said, isn't, you know, you're not receiver. You're not a tight end. You're not a running back. You're not a cornerback. You're not one of these people that are running up and down. You're doing your skill. You know, you still have to be somewhat athletic, but you're doing your job. You're getting off the field and it's not as much, you know, tax on your body. And so, Agreed. And so, I, you know, at the end of the day, with the merger, yes, it kind of is going to give me less opportunity to maybe play in one of the leagues. But I do see how it's going to benefit not only the players who are playing in it, but the leagues in itself and the future of professional football. Understood. Great answer. I'm not even going to attempt to, like, hash that out. Uh, I understand. So Thank you. it's Thank good you. you see the value in it. And that's really where where it lies is giving people like you an opportunity to showcase what you got. Yep. And it is unfortunate that you're going to see some jobs cut, whether it be yeah. like actual yep. player jobs, coaching, yeah. administration yep. staff, true. whatever. I mean, you're going to see some jobs be cut. Now, I lied to you earlier. I said this was the last question. I actually got one more. <laughs> so sorry, man. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Okay. So what's your future goals? I mean, you kind of already said it, but I mean, in a, yeah. in a basic sense, I mean, what, what are you looking to do this next year? Honestly, you know, I think if I can play football this spring, this winter, that would be awesome. Um, at this point, because I think slam ball went so well, I'm, I, I don't think I would go and play um, like the international football league, I believe is what it's called. Like the one down in Mexico. Yeah. yeah. The IFA. Yep. Or yeah. The I association. Yeah. The IFA or like an arena league, um, an indoor league, European league. Um, not to say that's necessarily below me, but because I was so successful in slam ball, I don't see myself going into a league unless it is, you know, XFL, USFL. And yeah, you're not going I, backwards. You're only yeah, going no. up. Yeah. I and so I, I, I see the slam ball as at the same level as what the XFL and the USFL is. And so I'm only going to go laterally. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go back down. Um, just because there, you know, there's a chance I get hurt. And if I'm going down getting hurt, you know, you, that's just a terrible story. And you would hate to see something like that happen. And so if I get that chance to move laterally or even vertically in whatever sense, that's kind of what my goals are now. I know I'm going to be back next summer for slam ball. And so if that means this spring, this winter, I don't get a chance playing football. Um, I'm still going to be doing something as a professional athlete, um, which I think is better than if I wasn't. Um, my original plan 
after I'd finished playing football was I was going to give myself until I finished my grad degree to see if anything had happened. I was going to continue to train. I was going to continue to obviously eat right, you know, do my long nope. snapping. Let's pause right here. Hold on. Training. You're still training. Where are you yep. training? Stay that on air, please. Um, and so I'm training. I'm training still at Western Illinois at the at the weight room. Uh, majority of the time, I'm still working with a lot of the strength coaches that I had back then. Um, they're putting me through workouts um, that are very similar to what either the guys are doing now or they had done, you know, in a specific training season. Um, still training to be explosive. Still training to be um, as strong as I can be. Um, I am working now a little bit more with slam ball and their kind of administrative and their training staff. Um, I think we have meetings coming up soon regarding off season training, off season events, that kind of thing. And so I'll be talking with them about that, just being in good shape general. Um, like I said before, I don't think slam ball and football are necessarily equal in what you need to train for them, but I'm going to do the best I can to be ready for either or obviously I know I'm going to be ready for next summer with slam ball. But um, I always got to be ready if that football opportunity comes knocking, if I can, you know, get get the right, you know, frame, get the right kind of body type to get back into football. I always want to be available to do that. I don't want to just kind of trim down, get super light, be prepared only for slam ball. I want to be able to do both one or the other. And so bulking back up right now, because, again, like I said, I lost a little bit of weight for slam ball, trying to get back to that football size and shape and ability is super huge for me right now. So that's, that's kind of where my training's at, you know, five days a week, if not six days doing stuff on Saturday. Um, I'm always trying to stay active and just stay in the best shape I can be. Cause at the end of the day, now my job is to, you know, be a professional athlete at the end of the yep. day, you know, my job is no longer, you know, my job is my body. And so, exactly. you know, so I have to be, make sure I'm in the good shape and the, in the, in the right opportunities to do that. Your body is your temple. And yep. let's get back to the athletic goals. So you said you're still, I mean, you basically went back through it. You're training and you're hoping for that opportunity either way, but you're still going to be available for the slam ball. You're, you're, you're training towards slam ball right now. But yep. I mean, let's, for example, let's say, uh, da, 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 I don't know, Houston Roughnecks call you up next year. Hey man, we need a long snapper. I mean, are you ready to roll out and play? Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like absolutely. Um, cool. I feel like, um, and I, I've told people this before, but I feel like anything with athletics, at least in my experience, you know, it's like riding a bike, you know, you just got to get back on, you know, you might, you might get back on the bike and you're like, okay, I haven't done this in a while, but <laughs> I feel like if I got back on a bike right now, I'd, you know, I'd a couple pedals and I'm, I'm back kind of into it. Um, I, I, I still, you know, I, I have my NFL ball that I, I still mess around with, you know, a couple of days a week, maybe once a day a week. I know now because I am a little bit more busy, but I'll still snap once a week, kind of get back into that rhythm of things. I'll, you know, I'll play catch with some people, do that kind of thing. So I don't lose those skills because those are obviously very important skills to have. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm working very closely with the gridiron crew. I signed with them this summer. And they're also on the lookout, you know, promoting me, promoting my name. That's the only reason I came on to do this is because they were, you know, they had the contact to talk to you about it. And obviously they got me to come on and obviously they talked about slam ball and, you know, that's a super important, but, um, but no, yeah, I think I, I'd be ready to go for sure. Um, you know, necessary. you know, if I would be, you know, they called me and they're like, Hey, we need you to play tomorrow. You know, that's, but I don't think anyone would be <laughs> no, ready no, for no, that no. kind of thing, you know, but if someone was like, Hey, you know, it's, it's December or even it's January and they're getting to their training camp and they're like, Hey, we need an extra body, a long snapper. 
like come in, I'd hundred percent be ready to come back in, train with them, be ready to go. Um, because I am, you know, I have that body type where it's, I'm perfect for a lot of different things. You know, I'm, I have that size, so I'm good at football, but at the same time, I'm also nimble enough to be an athlete. Like, it's just, I feel like I have that body type where it's, that's not a problem. You know, you have guys who are either not necessarily as tall, you know, maybe they're six, two, they still have a bigger, you know, they have to have that more weight to them. I feel like six, five, six, six playing football. Um, it's kind of that perfect weight where you hold, you know, you hold good weight, but it's not necessarily bad weight. You know, Mm -hmm. majority of it is going to be good. Majority of it, the time you're used to being able to move a certain way, you don't need to be or feel super heavy. And so I feel like that's uh, being at this, being at this size, being at this weight is just perfect for being ready to go and just, you know, making sure I'm trained and, um, obviously it's going to be transition, but at the same time, just being ready to, to, to go and do whatever. I mean, that's kind of how slam ball happened. I got a call, I called them and they called me out the next day and I was, you know, I, I don't, I was in the perfect shape for it because it was basketball and I wasn't used to that, but at the same time I was able to adapt to it pretty well. And so to kind of do the same thing. I feel like I'd be able to do it very well. Understood. Understood. I mean, you basically answered my question. Uh, the specialists are hard to find in any degree, especially experienced specialists. I mean, yeah. specialist, <laughs> Lord, it's almost two hour mark. I told you when we got on, once you hit that two hour mark, it starts getting easy to mess things up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Yep. But yeah, dude, I mean, I think you got a good career going either way it goes. It's cool that you've got different aspirations, but you're, you're solid and you're grounded in what you're doing. It, not only that, but you're good at what you're doing. So, I mean, there, yeah. there's no telling when you train at this for a year, you come in next year, you're ready to roll. Yeah. It, you could be one of the best stoppers there are there. So yeah, yep. look forward to it, man. I look Absolutely. forward to your, your athletic career and seeing where you end up i hope you make it to xfl slash usfl team yeah me too me too great great experience but either way dude keep in touch i mean don't 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 hesitate if you need something reach out okay if i can help i will yeah absolutely you mentioned the gridiron crew i want to say while i got you on appreciate them uh special thanks to them for getting you on um i'm familiar with them colin with them colin with the gridiron crew great guy uh kind of saw what i was doing yeah he saw that i'm I'm here for the players really more or yeah. less and then so they they give me the opportunity to interview you guys and it goes great man i love getting to know each and every one of you and and good luck in your future brother and, and whatever you end up doing i mean do it well i'm sure you will yeah seriously yeah. absolutely i appreciate it yes sir uh before we hop off is there anything you want to say uh can the people find you any certain place facebook twitter youtube um what? yeah so i mean just go ahead look anywhere you want to find me um i likely have an account on you know i have facebook obviously twitter um you can probably find me on youtube as well you can find my highlights there um if you just want to kind of look me up slam ball related just name my name nathan Carson's and slam ball i'm sure you'll find a link to all my stats and you know i think you posted like the app you'll, you'll be able to find all my stuff for that as well um but no we yeah, have big shout out to the gridiron crew obviously for slam ball as well you know giving me this opportunity i think not only was slam ball a really good experience for me but i feel like if slam ball didn't happen i don't feel like i would have as much confidence or you know momentum to kind of continue my athletic journey um especially with them bringing me in and me doing really well and them being like yeah we want you back next year that just kind of again it proved to me that 
you know, I have what it takes to do something uh, in athletics and I have the ability to do it professionally really well. You know, I don't, you know, I don't think it, I knew that I'd be a professional slam ball player and that would be my first league as a professional athlete or my first experience as a professional athlete. I had no idea. Definitely didn't think that was, how was it going to be, you know, but if because of slam ball, um, I can either get back into the professional football league or play football again, that would be awesome. Um, and then obviously I, I, you know, I think we talked about like my mom and my uh, other family, but I really appreciate my family. They're very supportive. Um, you know, I, it, it would never, it, it never was, uh, or it, it always wasn't such a great experience. Like I kind of said, things were always very last minute. And so because of that, I was very stressed because I was like, you know, things aren't going very well, but then all of a sudden they went really well. And they, you know, I have a really good support system with both my parents. Um, obviously my girlfriend, she came out and with her family to come to Vegas, which is like, you know, again, like I did it very last minute, you know, they made those plans very last minute as well. And so, very appreciative of my support group, my extended family, both on my mom and dad's side. I have a ginormous family. And so, you know, borderline hundreds of cousins, you know, wow. tens to 20, 10 to 20 aunts, you know, combined wow. on both sides. Like I have a lot of support to draw from and I'm very encouraged because of them. And so I feel like that's, and just, you know, how I was brought up and just my entire background has just been, I very appreciative of my family and kind of how I was raised and all that kind of stuff. So big shout out to them as well. I, mean, I know some of them are probably still watching, but I I'm very appreciative of just having, like you said, that, you know, that baseline of who I am is because of them. You know, I didn't just teach myself how to do everything. Um, I, I definitely was, it was instilled in me from a young age. And so I'm very appreciative to them as well. Stay humble, my friend. It, yes, sir. It's, it's a yes, good sir. way to be. And oh, yeah. I'm sure that they, they're going to keep repping you no matter what you do, even if you oh, go yeah. play golf or something. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. still going to yeah. have your back, bro. Oh, yeah. That awesome. makes the biggest difference, though. And and as soon as you told me my parents were coaches and I was raised an athlete, I already knew you. It, any, any kid you meet along those lines, typically they may not be the best athlete, but they have a lot of athleticism. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. They yeah got no, a lot. I get, I get You've got both. Sure. I mean, so yeah, it's super, Appreciate super it. good. You honed in on them skills, man. And and yep. like I said, much respect. Keep in touch. We'll see we'll you do. again soon, brother. Yeah. Talk to you I soon. Thank you again, man. Yeah. Appreciate I appreciate you. you too. It was a good conversation. I agree. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'll see you. Nathan Carson's great guy. Y'all check him out. His, Twitter isn't too big, but I'm sure we can get him a few follows. So follow him. I'll share everything in the show notes or details when I post. Um, so, so everything should be there. Oh, it's been a good interview. Appreciate him coming on. Slam ball is a really awesome sport. It's exciting. And it's another alt sport that we really don't give the limelight. It, it came and went really fast but once you start watching highlights and seeing clips you realize what it, that game entails and it's a lot more than just jumping on a trampoline with a ball so much respect nathan appreciate you again coming on before i hop off i gotta say all my thank yous to everybody uh thanks to the gridiron crew i appreciate the interview opportunity great guy nathan was a good interview i mean it's one of the best i've had so thank you uh, and also thanks to slam ball uh, we had some of their highlights and clips going we were in contact with them, so we shouldn't get any copyright hits on that. 
it's kind of scared at first. So appreciate you, Slam Ball. If you got any more opportunities come next year, let me know. We'll cover if if the media opportunity is is worth it. You know, so just let me know. Uh, I want to thank XFL Board. Appreciate you, XFL Board, as always. And the XFL, I appreciate you greatly before you become whatever you become. <laughs> uh, as we said many times, the show is going to be changing too. It's going to be evolving. Things are going to change. Uh, it, it's probably going to change fast, so you should be ready. The enjoyment here comes from much more than just covering one sports league on my end. I, I'm I'm digging it. And in terms of like slam ball, that that's not a sport that I love or like necessarily, but I have respect for those players and know that their ambition shines through their gameplay. So check for that expansion, check for different stuff on our end. I don't know when it'll be exactly. I'm kind of trying to wait until the, the new name is released whenever that shall be. Hopefully it'll be soon. As I've said in past shows, it's business as usual for us. We're not going to hit on the merger every episode. We may talk about it. We may discuss it, but it's not something that I'm going to spend all my time and waking minute on every single rumor that hits Twitter or Facebook. So check for more interviews, check for more guest spots, check for more experts coming on. I mean, this, this is what the show provides. So appreciate everybody listening. Been a good run. Hope to continue it as we go in the future. And that's it for me, guys. Till next time.